right. Oh, an amazing testimony, huh? See, God is good. Looking after you. You know, sometimes you're praying prayers for God's protection, these angels and all that stuff, and, and you kind of forget that, okay, you had a good week, you had a good month, but your prayers are eternal. So when you needed help, God went into the prayer bank, pulled the prayer out that you prayed for your angels, for your protection, and used it when you needed it. That's why you pray ahead of time. Come on. Thank you, Jesus, for your miracles. All right. We're going to uh, read this morning. We're going to start. It's kind of a lengthy reading, but you know, the thing is, sometimes when you read a story and you don't really read it in context, maybe you don't read the story preceding it or the story after it, the, the account that happened afterwards, sometimes it doesn't uh, always make sense or you don't see the full picture and what was going on. So uh, today we're going to read it, the preceding event and then the following event. We're going to go to Mark chapter... I do have it up for you if you didn't bring your Bibles, but hopefully you did. Mark chapter 4, we'll start at verse 35, okay? So uh, it says, On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, Jesus says, Let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and, uh, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. And he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarens. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. Who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no one could bind him, not even with chains. Because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been pulled apart by him. And the shackles broken in pieces, neither could anyone tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I done to you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. For he said to him, Come out of the man, unclean spirit. Then he asked him, What is your name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. It meant like a thousand demons. Like one wouldn't have been enough, you know. Two, three, bad legion, just showing off now. But anyway, also, he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. Now, a large herd of swine was feeding there near the mountain, so all the demons begged him, saying, Send us to the swine that we may enter them. And at once, Jesus gave them permission. Then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. About 2,000 of them ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. So those who fed the swine fled, and they told it to the city and in the country, and they went out to see what had happened. Then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. I want to say something before I jump into my message as I was reading that, and that 
you know, sometimes people think, uh, I don't know if God heard my prayer. I don't know if Jesus heard my prayer when I prayed, you know. I've, got, I've done this wrong in my life. I've done this. I've maybe got this sin in my life. I'm not sure if Jesus heard my prayer. I'm not sure if you were listening when I read that. But the demons, Jesus answered the prayer of the demons. How? They worshipped him. They ran at his feet and worshipped him. Honoring, I recognize who you are. Will you do me this one favor? Will you not send us away from here? Will you just send us somewhere here nearby, please, the pig, something? Jesus answered the prayer of the demons. And you think he won't answer your prayer? Or you think he's not listening to you because you got some sin in your life? Worship him, honor him, and watch him answer your prayer. And that was for free. That wasn't in my sermon. So, all right. So here we go. So Jesus uh, and his disciples, they're crossing the Sea of Galilee. They're on their way to cast out. Jesus knows his assignment. His assignment is, I'm getting to the other side. I'm going to go cast out the demons, the legion of demons out of this man, this demon-possessed man, because this demon-possessed man had become a weapon in Satan's arsenal. He was terrifying the place. He was terrifying the people. He had chains on him because he'd obviously broken out, out of numerous other things that they tried to bind him with. I mean, he was the talk of not just the town, the country, the city. I'm sure people came from far and wide to see the madman living in the town that Satan was using to terrorize the people. Satan was proud of this guy. I wonder what weapon Satan's using to terrorize your family. What person he's using as a weapon to terrorize you and your family. Because Satan doesn't use weapons like you think of it. He uses human beings. He uses people. Now, they might be being used against his will. I guarantee you the man didn't want a legion of demons inside of him, right? But nonetheless, he was being used of Satan. Sometimes when you're encountering something, you have to learn to look beyond the natural into the spiritual and say, hmm, is this really this person? Or is there something else going on behind the scenes? Because this shouldn't be, I haven't done anything to deserve this kind of treatment. So let me look beyond, is Satan bringing just another attack against me through this person? It'll change your outlook. You'll have compassion towards the person and you'll take your authority in the spirit over what's going on. See, no one is exempt from the attacks of the devil. It all just depends on who you've got protecting you. And the devil can destroy you in ways that don't feel destructive because you've become accustomed to them. Well, it's, it's just my family genes. It's just, that's just what's in my family. That's just the way we are. That's just how I handle stress. This is just my status quo. Hear me now, Satan is not equal to God. Sometimes, you know, he gets talked about quite a lot, and you see demons getting cast out of people, and so people begin to think, wow, Satan is really strong. Like, there's going to be a war at the end of the time between Satan and God. Uh, no. <laughs> He's a created being that God made, and he, Satan isn't even as strong as God's warring angels. At the end of the day, it says one of God's angels, not even his strongest one. One of them is going to tie him up, bink, bye-bye, into the pit of hell. Not God, because if God stepped up, it wouldn't even be a fair fight. So 
Satan is not omnipresent. That means he's not all over the place. He's not in everywhere like the Holy Spirit is. He's not everywhere at one time. He's not all-knowing. He's not omniscient. He's not omnipresent. Don't worry. He's not with you. He's with the IRS. I mean, you can only be at one place at one time, right? So, I mean, let's just be real. He does have a lot of demons, though, running around. And what happens is he, Satan is a planner. He uses time that we don't see, and he watches us. He watches how you respond to situations. How do you respond when a person does this? How do you respond when, when this happens to you? So now he figures out your weaknesses, and he uses it against you. He comes at that weakness, and when, you, when he gets you, then he hits you with the blow that you didn't see coming. So he knows, I'll get somebody to betray this person so badly that they won't be able to forgive them, and that way they'll hold on to the offense, and now I have an open door into their life. Realize that his plan is not just to hurt and destroy you, but everybody around you. And he doesn't think short-term, he thinks long-term. His main purpose is to pull, distract, and destroy you from reaching God's plan for your life. He's all about trying to stop the assignment that God has given you on your life. So now back to the narrative. So now here comes Jesus. And Satan had been watching Jesus. He'd been paying very close attention to this man who's now doing all these miracles. Jesus had just fed the 5,000 with the, you know, the, the five loaves and the two fish. He'd just done this huge miracle. So he's been watching Jesus do all these miracles. Now he watches Jesus get in this boat, and he's coming across the sea, and he's putting two and two together. He's on his way to get my guy. And he sees this light coming in the Spirit. See, we are the light of the world, Jesus says. That doesn't mean literally I'm not standing here as a light being, okay? That means once you give your life to Jesus, you get the light of God in you. So in the spirit realm, the spirit realm is dark, if you didn't know that. This is not heaven. It's darkness out there, okay? We're in a fallen world. So the spirit realm, if your eyes were open, you'd see in the, in the spirit realm, the reason why people see demons more easily is because it's dark. <laughs> but you are the light in the darkness, can you imagine how bright Jesus' light was when he was coming? Now, depending on how close you stay to the fire will depend on how bright you burn in the spirit. Depending on how close you are, so how close you stay to the fire will depend on how close, how much you burn in the spirit. And the Holy Spirit gave me this, I mean, at least a year ago. I know many of you heard me say it, but I saw the church, this church, built, the building itself in the spirit. Like it was dark, it was black, and I saw the building on fire in the spirit. And I saw people leaving all with little fires, walking out the building, talking to other people, catching them on fire, and it began to spread. That's what the Holy Spirit showed me, I don't even know, a year ago. And then Prophet Esther came into town, and she prophesied that this we would be as a burning bush in the city. So there's something to this fire. But I guarantee you, the brighter you burn, the easier you are to spot in the spirit world. Can you see where I'm going with this? You're like, yay, Jesus. Bring on the attacks. 
because see, Satan wants to stop you. He's like, you know, the other people, if you're like, man, my friend doesn't get half as many attacks because they're probably not doing very much with Jesus. You know what I'm saying? He don't need to worry about them. They're on their couch watching Netflix right now. <laughs> they went to the beach today instead of church. They'll still get their own attacks. Don't worry. They'll still get their attacks. Nobody's exempt. It's just how you bounce back, how you stand, how you walk through it, and how much stronger you get. And if you will fulfill the assignment God's got on you. I don't know about you, but I want to get to heaven and hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Because eternity is a heck of a lot longer than these 70 years down here and the Sunday that I could have spent at the beach. Oh, there's going to be beautiful beaches in heaven. I just know it, right? God knows what we like. I like the water. I like the beach. My husband likes the mountains. It's a bit of a problem, but we work it out. Satan wants to stop you from fulfilling your assignment. The same thing he did with Jesus. He wanted to stop Jesus. He's like, uh-uh. He's going after my guy that I'm using as a weapon to terrorize the people. I can't let him do this. I got to stop him. And see, the enemy is coming after you because there's somebody that you're going to help get free. That was his weapon. That he's been using to terrorize people. He doesn't want to lose the weapon and so he's terrorizing you because he can see one step ahead of what you're doing. You're thinking, I'm just witnessing to this person. I'm just mentoring them. I'm just sharing God's love. I'm just, I've just been encouraging them. But you don't know who that say, what Satan's been using them for to terrorize people. You don't know what the next step is. So the attack you are facing, it's not just about you. It's about your assignment. The attack you're facing, it's not just about you. It's about your assignment. Activate long vision. Don't look here and now. Don't look at in the flesh here and now. Look at what the Spirit is showing you. What is your long-term vision? And what is the enemy trying to stop you from getting? Because here is Jesus now. He is on the brink of one of the greatest miracles of his ministry. It will be talked about for 2,000 years plus. The devil not wanting to lose his most prized possession. So what does he do? He sends a freak violent storm to stop them you know the the storm hits the disciples they were fishermen okay out on the boats all the time I know you many of you know this I was an art auctioneer for many years about 12 years in the business world and I also did a lot of my work on cruise ships and traveling so I have been in 40-foot seas crossing the Atlantic holding on for dear life wondering do, what am I gonna pack for the lifeboat but then I think, would you want to be in a smaller boat in the 40-foot waves? Let's just stay on the bigger boat, okay? But um, it, it's, it can be terrifying. This ocean can be violent. But these were fishermen that were used to this. They are not afraid like most of us would be in a few waves. For them to be afraid, it must have been like a hurricane kind of wind blowing at them, right? This is it in. And I can just see Peter now. He's like checking his phone. I checked the weather before we left. I don't know. It said smooth sailing. It said smooth skies. I don't know what's happening. It's blue. Over here, you got doubting Thomas go, oh, we... Were we supposed to go? Did Jesus say crossover? Did he mean something else? Are you sure we were supposed to cross over, Peter? Because this is pretty bad right now. You know, I can just imagine the conversations that's going on in this boat. And he's like, but the last thing Jesus said is, you're going over to the other side. Couldn't he have arranged for smooth passage? If this was our assignment to cross over, couldn't he have at least organized no storm that might possibly kill us? See, God has called you and given you a purpose and a plan, and he's put dreams in your heart. Maybe it's to have a healthy marriage and raise children that are going to be a light for God's kingdom. 
Maybe it's to be an entrepreneur and start businesses. Maybe it's to have impact and influence in your city. Maybe it's to feed the homeless. Whatever it is, the enemy doesn't know the future, but he can hear you talking. He can hear you making plans. He can hear you telling your friends how you're excited about this vision God's given you. He can hear the plans that you're making. He can hear your decrees in your room that you're making. And guess what? He wants to stop you. So here comes the attacks. Suddenly your kid gets sick. You get a bill from the IRS. You fall through the ceiling. Storms, attacks. Your business is suffering and you're thinking, I don't understand. God, where are you? I thought this is what you called me to do. Why? Why the storms? But see, the presence of trouble does not prove the absence of God. Psalms 46 says, God is our refuge and strength and a very present help in trouble. Very present help in trouble. But see, the disciples are panicking right now. And just like you, you heard Mike said, if you've ever walked through the valley of the shadow of death, there is definitely an element of panic that sets in. Because what you're looking at is bad. It's worse than bad. And in that moment, you're panicking. But see, panic never produces God's power. So what? How do we overcome the storm? What do the disciples do? Well, you see in the thing that they go... And they suddenly remember, Jesus is in our boat. Let's go wake him. What an idea. Because Jesus is in their boat. Say, Jesus is in my boat. Now, I know you think, well, looking at the disciples, because you know what happens with Jesus, and of course they had him there, and, and you think, well, if Jesus was literally in the flesh in my boat and I could see his presence, well, then things would be different. I would also feel confident. I would also be okay with the situation. But you know, the disciples had to go through the same things that you and I are going through right now because Jesus was only with them in the flesh for three years. After that, after his death and resurrection, he left and he gave us the Holy Spirit. So the disciples, for the disciples, it was a different presence than they were used to. They were used to him in the flesh, but now they had to deal with the whole, just the Holy Spirit, just like you and I do. Jesus is saying to them, look, I'm still going to be present, but my presence will be different than what you've been accustomed to. And I think in life, there are times when we experience a shift in our lives and we look for God in the same way we always have and when we don't experience him the same way we think he is not present but just because don't confuse his change in presence with him being present he is there in your tears of sorrow and he's also there in your tears of joy However, he reveals himself differently, depending on the moment. People oftentimes say this, you know, when I was going through that storm, I just felt so close to God. You know, when I went through that rough time in my life, I just felt God's presence so close to me. You've heard this. You've probably said it, right? 
It's not that God's presence changed any. He's always with you. He just revealed himself differently in the moment. His presence right now might not be what you're used to, but that does not mean he is not present. You are in God's hands. He gives us peace. He gives us protection. He gives us joy. He gives us joy unspeakable, the Bible says. The reason you have joy unspeakable is because you're in his hand. See, but you could read that all day long and it not affect you. The reason that it affects you, the reason you can have joy unspeakable is because you understand that you being in his hand, you get the revelation of it. You have the revelation that God's got this. This isn't something you read. It's a revelation deep within you that says, God's got this. That's why I can have joy unspeakable in the midst of what's going on. Because God's got this. That's faith. So Jesus is asleep in the boat. They go over and wake him up, Jesus. Wake up. And Jesus gets up and he speaks to the storm and he says, peace be still. And then he turns and he's like, seriously, guys? Seriously. No faith. We just fed 5,000 with like Chick-fil-A and you're still no faith. <laughs> but you notice what Jesus did? Jesus spoke to the storm. He didn't go over to the side and pray to God about what's happening. No, he just spoke to the storm. See, faith is speaking God's solution to your problem. Faith is not speaking to God about your problem. Faith is speaking to your problem about your God. If you want to know how to wake up Jesus who's sleeping in your boat, it's called faith. This is the language that God not only speaks but understands. People don't like that. You'll see a lot on social media, oh, faith, this, that, that. It's because they have absolutely zero understanding of how to read their Bible. Everything Jesus, everything God does, he calls those things that be not as though they were. Light be, it was dark. This happened. Every time God speaks, you see creation move to what he said. He doesn't say what he has. He says what he wants it to be. Hello is called faith. Oh my gosh, on social media with people sometimes. I just want to be like, oh, go back to Genesis and start again. You missed the point. Everything Jesus does is faith. And he expects us to respond the same. The thing is, people get all twisted up. Oh, you think you can say it and claim it and da-da-da-da? No, I just have more confidence in what he said and than what I say. It's not about what I said. It's about what he said and my confidence what he said. When I use the scripture and I stand on the scripture, I'm not standing on me. I'm standing on what he said. You know, the scripture says that faith pleases God. Faith pleases God. Do you know, I was thinking about that. The irony with that is, follow me here, that even to please God, you have to believe that you pleased God. I just want your brain to hurt a little on Sunday morning because mine did when I was thinking about this. Follow my thinking. So you've had a, have you ever had one of those days where you have like a brilliant day? You've like got not only everything checked off on your list, but you took care of your family. You were out doing errands. You ran into somebody. You prayed for them. You got some ministry work done. I mean, at the end of the day, you're just like, huh, that was a good day. I'm pleased with myself. You had one of those days? 
Now, what you have to do is when you open your eyes in the morning, you have to tap into that experience, that emotion you had, and say, God's pleased with me before you do one thing. That's faith. Faith says, God is pleased with me before you do one thing. That's what pleases God, faith in Him. God, I don't know what my day looks like, but you do. I'm starting my day trusting you, and I'm already at the end of the day thanking you. So I'm going to start in the morning by thanking you for what a great day I have by trusting in you because this pleases you. Are you with me in this circular thinking? But it's the truth, though. Faith is actually experiencing the end result before it happens. See, God wants us to so truly trust him that we stop all the begging and pleading. God doesn't speak beggar. He speaks faith. God, please, please, I beg you, God. No. If I, if I was, uh, let's say I was, you know, in, in another country and I called my dad and I was like, Dad, I really need some money. I'm stuck here, whatever. I need $1,000. And he says, okay, I'll send it to you. Let's just act like it was years ago before stuff like Venmo, okay? And he had to use that thing called the mail system. So he's going to put it in the mail. So he says to me, I said, can you send me the money? He says, yeah, no problem. I'll send it to you. Okay. Well, the next day when the money doesn't show up, do I call him back on the phone and be like, Dad, I asked you for $1,000. I really need the $1,000. Can you send it? He's like, I, 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 I said I would, I'd send it. I'm, I'm sending it. And then by the second day on the third day when it doesn't show up, do I call him back again and be like, Dad, please, I need the money. He's going to be like, what on earth is your problem? I've already sent it. What I would do is I would have gratitude that he sent it. I would say, oh, the money's here. Oh, go ahead and, and pay that bill. Go ahead and, yes, go ahead and order those airline tickets. I've got the money. Is it physically in my pocket yet? No. But see, my assurance that my dad is sending the money is so rooted and grounded in the assurance that it's coming that I'm already making plans with the money because that's how confident I am that I have it. Don't go out and spend money now because you're like, God's sending me money <laughs> that you don't have. Okay, I'm not promoting debt. But the same thing is true with every other issue you're facing in your life, whether it's healing or whatever, it's getting that assurance that you are already seeing the end result. You're already seeing yourself healed. You're already seeing yourself in that ministry. You're already seeing yourself being a success. So much so that you're living emotionally already there. So when people talk to you, oh, my kids, no, they serve Jesus. They love the Lord. They're in church every Sunday. I thought your kids were on the street on drugs. Well, this Sunday, they're going to be in church. You'll see. They love the Lord. They're serving God. No, my kids love the Lord. You see, it's a change in attitude. No, my business, it's doing so well. I'm already planning the next year. This is the best year we've ever had. Really? It's because the assurance that God is coming through for you and the assurance you have that this is going to turn out because this is the assignment God's given me and he's going to make it happen. And what you'll realize if you look at Jesus is that Jesus only said what his father said. And he saw signs and wonders and miracles and power happen. Faith is agreeing with what God has said over your life. Of course, there's tons of scriptures we can talk about, but also prophetic words. You know, a lot of times I, I hear people with prophet will come into town and give them a word. I'm not talking about just any word that some prophet on social media gives you. 
I'm talking about when we've had prophets and they actually come and give you a word from the Lord. A lot of times this is people's response. Well, I mean, I mean that would be nice, but uh, me, I don't think that was really for me, though. You know, I can't see myself doing that. And I just wonder if God's up in heaven going, really? You don't want it? You don't want all that that I just told you I can see you doing? That impact I can see you having? You're just going to be like, uh, no. See, the word only come to pass if you actually agree with what he said over your life. As challenging as it is and go, wow, God, with tears in my eyes, I can't believe you see me like that. That's so amazing. So if you think, you think that's what I'm good for, then that's what I'm going to be good for. I'm not going to listen to the naysayers and the people because I'm not actually here to please people. I'm just about you. And if you think that's what you've called me for, then I'm going to trust every word that comes out of your mouth. And that's why you can trust the scriptures. That's why you can trust every scripture that's in there where God says you can have peace beyond the un your understanding. You don't have to live with anxiety. You can be prosperous. You can have joy. You can, you, your kids can to the Lord. You can have all these things because God said it, not you. He did the heavy lifting. He just asks you to take all your heart, your will, your emotions, your mind, and trust him. Trust the word. And speak those scriptures over your life. Because his word is his will for your life. So if you want to know what your life should look like, read the scriptures and believe it. Every word that's been spoken, if somebody comes up and says, you know, I feel this from the Lord. And they give you a, a, a positive, encouraging word. Then you take that word and you run with it. And you believe the best of every possible situation that you face. And you realize that the storm that you're in is meant to stop you from reaching your assignment. Nothing comes just because, sure, I mean, of course, you can speed and get a speeding ticket. Then it's probably not on the devil. You know what I'm saying? That's probably on you and your heavy foot. But, uh, you know, you got you to weigh up. I'm not saying everything is from the devil. Don't go leave for devils and doorknobs, you know. Like, you, you got to balance it out. Be a balanced, mature Christian and realize, hey, that was just on me, okay? Like, just take it. Don't be like, oh, the devil's after me today. <gasps> he caught me running the red light. Like, you know, no. But understand when an attack comes and you step back and you quiet yourself in that moment and you're like God mm -mm, what's going on Holy Spirit what's going on and expand your horizon and see the end result and see how this right now is affecting that and you'll be able to stand and you'll be able to dig deep into that scripture Holy Spirit what is the rhema word I need for today See, you have to get to a place where you can open up the Bible and say, God, I need a word right now for today. And you read a psalm slowly until your word jumps out at you, and it could just be, I'm your strength. That's all you needed. I'm your strength. And you can hold on to that word because you know God is with you. He is present with you. He is your very present help in time of trouble. Say this, I'm going over. Because that's what he told the disciples, we're going over. What was the last word God spoke to you? If you haven't seen it come to pass yet, hold on to it. Hold on to the word. Don't stop until you see in your life what God has spoken over your life. Don't give up. Why would you? What have you got to lose, right? Hang on for dear life because God is not a man that he should lie. 
He is the only one you can trust. He is the only one who's called you, who's purposed you, who's directed you, who's put you right now on this planet for this purpose. If he wanted Moses to be alive now, he would be alive now. He chose you. Realize how important you are in this time. Realize your assignment and realize the attacks that are coming. And if you keep focusing on the storm, you will feed your fear and starve your faith. Get your eyes off the circumstances. Stop repeating what you're seeing. Stop repeating what other people are saying to you and put your words on Jesus and choose to repeat those. Every time that somebody comes to you with a negative report or something bad that they need to tell you, oh, I just think, you know, you're, 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 your house is going down. You're, you're not going to be able to make the payments. Oh, we're going to have to cut your salary. Oh, no, that sickness is getting worse. Just imagine kind of like a sci-fi, like a, like a bulletproof shield going up like this. Here comes a shield. That's a shield of God. Now it's like, bing, bing. What are they saying? I'm like, sorry, I can't hear you. Lost the signal. What was that? Not... Yep, not picking that up. And just choose to not pick it up. Why do you listen to what people say and take it into your heart and be like, yep, I'll take that. Oh, it's such bad news. I got more bad news. <laughs> and then they try harder to make you feel worse, you know. Well, you just don't understand how bad the economy is going. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Keep up your shield. Don't listen to those words. Don't listen to those attacks. Because they're just that. They're just pointless words. They don't hold weight compared to the word of God. So you have to choose whose word is more important. Whose word are you going to hold on to above everything else? Whose word are you going to quote at the storm when you see the storm and it's raging and you tell it enough? Sometimes you just got to get mad and say, enough, enough coming off to my family, enough coming off to the people in my life, enough coming off to my finances. This stops now in Jesus' name. You're not going to touch my career. You're not going to touch my, my, my body. You're not going to touch these things. Satan, this stops now in Jesus' name. Let him, you want to come off to this fire? This fire is going to burn you. Fight back. Fight back. Choose to say enough is enough. My faith is in God in the most high, and I am not going under. I'm going over. And I will complete my assignment because Jesus is in your boat. Come on. Let's give the Lord a praise. Let's stand to our feet. Let's stand to our feet. Come on. Come on. Let's make some declarations. Whatever is going on in your life, choose to say, I will live and not die. Come on. I will accomplish the works that God's got for me. Satan will not touch my family. He will not touch my life. I will declare the goodness of God in the land of the living. I am prosperous. I am joyful. I am full of peace. I have a good night's sleep. My body is healthy. I am strong. I am an overcomer. Because Jesus is in my boat. Come on, give him some praise, people. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. If I can have my ministry team come forward this morning.
If you, need, if you need us to stand with you with something, if you need us to declare with you in faith over something, or if you haven't given your life to the Lord and you want to today, or if you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and power and fire, then come on forth. We'll pray for you for that. If you need prayer for whatever as we dismiss the service, please come down and be part of that. But uh, thank you for coming out today, guys. We love you, and we'll see you next Sunday on fire. Go, go light somebody on fire this week. Go light somebody on fire this week. Amen. Have a great Sunday.